Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. It is The Build-Up Show. I'm Paul Mitchell. I'm joined by Ben Kelly and by Ross Chandley for this one. It is West Ham United. It is the evening game on a Saturday. Not that one. The one before before it one of the many it's fine um right yes west ham united um interesting game games are coming thick and fast ross um this has uh, all the hallmarks of a massive banana skin for us here you know we, we, i think part of me was kind of going oh well west ham you know west ham no problem west ham and then you realize they've beaten leicester uh drawn with spares after being three goals down uh, I drew with Man City uh, as well in the last three games. So yeah, I mean this is this is definitely one to be aware of. Yeah, I think going off what we've seen in the Premier League so far this season, every game's a, a banana skin, so you can't be too cautious, you can't be too complacent. It's also a question which I'm sure we'll get onto is like who plays at centre back for Liverpool because that's the potential banana skin I think you know you kind of referring to. But Liverpool have had some good, good results, maybe not the best performances that we wanted to see. But last season it was Liverpool grind out results and we're all very happy with it. Things just seem to be a little bit marred by injuries, which is kind of taking the shine or maybe the context away from that. You know, still grind out results, still getting the points on the board, you know, especially in the, in the in the past week or so. So maybe it could happen again. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, isn't it, Ben? I think we'd all look at, generally speaking, have looked at West Ham and looked at the mess they were in in, in pre-season and gone, yeah, yeah, this should, be, this should be no problem. But Ross is dead, right? The Premier League's mad. It's genuinely, genuinely mad at the moment. So it'd be, it would be it would be foolish of us to not take West Ham very seriously. Oh, definitely not. I mean, you know, obviously you mentioned the, the last three games there, but we were also, you know, it's worth mentioning they battered Wolves 4-0 this season. They were very, very unlucky not to get anything out of the game at the Emirates. I watched that. That was the second week of the season away at Arsenal. So some of the performances that they put in um, have been very good. And that's because they've got some very good players. I mean, you know, I think Antonio's touch and go, but, you know, he's a he's a very, very good striker. Declan Rice is a very good player. Yarmolenko is very good when he's on his day. So the goalie, Fabianski, you know, one of the best goalies in the league, if you ask me. So it definitely, it, it, you know, it, it's definitely one to be wary of. And I think actually, you know, some credit has to be given to David Moyes for that. You know, as much as we don't hold him particularly high regard, you know, as, as Liverpool fans, he, when he came, when he was rehired towards the back end of, I think the season before last, um, you know that was because the players wanted him and the players wanted to play under him. And you can see that, you know, by some of the performances, that's coming to fruition. It's it's a team of players who 
want to play for the manager at the moment. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough test. And they nearly beat us at home last season towards you know just before the pandemic. It was Monday night. It was a tough game. They were leading at one point. Um, so they, they'll give us a run for our money. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I mean, I won't be giving David Moyes any credits, not on this channel. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, we actually, interesting that Chris sat down with uh, Nicky from West Ham Fan TV this week. That video will be out on Friday morning if anyone wants to check out. Uh, Nicky, if, you, if you're not confident about this game, Nicky's horrendous lack of confidence in his own team might well give you that. Um, but I think it's interesting because... Uh, Man City next weekend, Ross. You know we've got the games are coming thick and fast, as we've said, and it's very much about just kind of grinding out results. At this point, I think we should all be happy with wins, not necessarily in how they're achieved. Albeit we've played some good football, I think, within the within the games as well in recent weeks. Uh, even though the results haven't been quite as resounding as I think we all might have hoped for, but I do wonder whether, and it ties into the banana skin theory on this, is that. You know, you've got this game followed by Atalanta away, followed by Man City. This time last year, when we were coming up in the lead up to the Man City game, we very much had one eye on that game. Now the, comp- the I wonder whether the complexion of the league has changed because City haven't been very good, um, and also obviously that can we necessarily afford to take our eyes off this game? I'm not sure, but. I don't know whether it will be City will be in our thoughts in quite the same way as it has been previous years. Yeah, and I think that's all been hindered by squad management and injuries, which is partly partly why, you know, I said before about talking about games in not the same context or not the same thought to grind out results, because in the back of our all our minds is well, we've lost Van Dijk, Fabinho's injured, there's, you know, there's, I don't want to start rumours, but you know, we've rumours that you know Salah might not be fit after getting his, his Achilles, you know, clipped on 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 the other night, so. It, it's tough for all teams. I said this on the show the other day that other teams will be in a similar situation. You know, you look, if you look at Man City, you know potentially they'll without Aguero. Um, you know, we're talking about West Ham. Antonio has got injuries. Other clubs are in the same boat as Liverpool. You know, they're playing intense games. You know, twice twice a week. So you know they'll come up against injuries as well. We just seem to focus on Liverpool because because that's what we do. It's just it's it's in the back of my mind if. Of trying to manage these players, but still play a strong side. You know, we've—it's a cliche, but we said there's no easy games in the in the Champions League. There's no easy games in the in the Premier League either. But I do think the fact that we've got six points so far from the Champions League may may allow us to rotate against Atalanta a bit more before we go into that City game. Um, but because things are so tight in the Premier League now, I still think we have to go strong in this West Ham game just to just to buy us, not buy us time, but just. An extra three points will won't do us any harm. It, it helped the other night as well that Atalanta and Ajax drew in that situation. Yeah. I know we're not here to talk about the Champions League, but obviously mm-hmm. they're two strong teams and they both drop points against each other. I think it, I think it, that works wonders for us that we've got our job done against Midtjylland and picked up that three points. That will help us later on. Yeah, no, uh, it is an interesting one. And look, a, a point away from home, uh, Atalanta's an absolutely fine point. Not that people necessarily see it that way, should it go down that way. Um, but yeah, away points away in Italy, never bad points end, of course. But I, I wonder whether they, though, in terms of the quality of Atalanta, might influence all this stuff because they are a better, they are a better. Like again, it was Genk that we played in the build-up to Manchester City last year, and that you know we were afforded an opportunity to be a bit more creative in our in our, in our lineup somewhere, have you? But I don't know. It's, it's a, it is a mad one. I, I and we'll, we'll, we'll I guess we'll talk 
about the centre back stuff a little bit later on, but I, I think that might be an important issue uh, when it comes into it anyway. Uh, right, we are going to talk more about uh, who the hell plays centre half for Liverpool. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the injury doubts, and we're going to talk about you know what it means for the for the how the league is laid out as well after a very short break. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, I've got a little quiz question to keep you guys on your toes uh, and keep you coming back for more. Uh, the question is: I want to name the three players uh, who left Liverpool. Uh, for West Ham in 2013. Uh, three players left Liverpool for West Ham in 2013. Let me know them in the comments live alongside us right now, but I'll give you the answers in a few short moments. The second Redmen TV book, Champions of Everything, is available for sale right now. It comes in two editions, the standard edition and the special edition, which comes signed with a custom message of your choice and with a limited edition Redmen TV sticker pack as well. The book is huge. It is A4 size and it is chock full of insights. Photographs uh, from around the world following the mighty Reds who were reigning European champions, who won the Super Cup, who became champions of the world and then capped it all off with a 19th league title becoming champions of England. The book looks at the highs, lows, absolute insanity and bitterness of rival fans and some of the craziness from our own fan base as well along the way. It is available now on the Redmen TV store. Get involved. Yeah, there you go. Welcome back. Uh, yes, the quiz question uh, before the break was named three players who left Liverpool for West Ham in 2013. Uh, in the summer, there were two that we actually sold. Ben, who were they? Um, oh, the summer. Um, Joe called Stuart Downing. Or? It was Stuart Downing. And Andy and Carroll. Andy Carroll left, right. yeah, in, in, in the summer. And Joe Cole actually left the previous January on a free on a free transfer, but yeah, all within twenty thirteen. What a rush. Um amazing when you think about it. It's mad to think that again we were doing this we were doing this show and I remember us signing all of those players and probably covered the signing of all those players and being very excited about well, less so I think Andy Carroll, who had called Geordie of the Jungle a couple of months earlier and then got had to face the embarrassment of his Liverpool then signing him, having slaughtered him for a number of uh, for a number of weeks leading up to it. Um but yes, um, thank you so much, everyone. In fact, actually, the first person to get it right, um, apparently, is in the comments. Uh, let me just get it here. We go. Uh, Javid Valiev was the first person to get it right in the comments. So congratulations, you win. Um, I, 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 the ability to drop a like on this video. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna let's get let's stop back into it. Let's talk about the centre back issue, Ben. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still we still have options. We still have an array of options. Those options are starting to become uh, just worse and worse and worse. Unfortunately, um, yeah, a, a, a lot of diminishing returns when you start to really kind of get into Liverpool centre back options. Um, I guess Reese Williams should be top of the pecking order at the moment. You know, he's he's come on in the last um, couple of Champions League games. He's obviously played in the Premier League for us as well already this this season. We, he, he's had the most minutes really of all of all the other options. Nat Phillips was on the bench last weekend, which means that he might well be in there. And I'm not sure if we put much stock in this theory, but obviously we saw Jordan Henderson withdrawn at half time, which Klopp was at lengths to say was pre-planned. But I think given that Jurgen Klopp is very keen to put himself, you know what I mean, to kind of protect his interests in these matters with regards to team selection, we could actually see Jordan Henderson play centre half as well. 
Yeah, potentially. I mean, for me, Reese Williams makes the most sense. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on Nat Phillips. I feel like I'm not sure how much Klopp rates him. I feel like we would have seen more of Nat Phillips by this point if mm-hmm. if Klopp fancied him. Um, but you know, Reese Williams. He seems like a capable lad. He's you know he's he's scoring for the under twenty threes. He's coming on in Champions League games, and you know he, he did all right the other night. We just had some rotten luck, haven't we, so far at the back? I mean, you know, we, going into this season when we were talking about the centre back situation before any of the injuries, um, you know, I think it was voiced by a lot of us on this channel that you know obviously we've got two centre backs there who don't have the greatest injury record. We knew that in particular with Joel Matip. Lo and behold, we've come to fruition and. We've got a bit of a crisis going on, and I think you know Reese Williams now has an opportunity, and maybe the likes of Nat Phillips as well, because he's likely to be next in the pecking order. And, you know, Billy Cometto is another name that might be thrown in there at some point. Um, you know, they've got a chance now to to really you know grab grab this by the scruff of the neck and go right, okay. So I'm going to make myself the fourth choice centre back. Never mind Fabinho. Never mind. You know, even if Joel Matip's going to be out every other week, then I want to be the one that he calls upon. So. It's a big opportunity for some of those players, you know, against, as I said before, some talented players in the West Ham side. I think it's a really interesting point with with Reese Williams, and it's a shame about Billy Cometio because he's been so highly spoken of. But I just think in terms of fit, he's just not there. It doesn't look like he's he doesn't look like he's even available at this point, which is a real which is a real shame. But let's use Reese Williams as an example here, Ross. He's had these opportunities, and sometimes that's just it's just what you need in football. Look, there's a there's a very real chance, let's just call it what it is, that like, I mean, Nat Phillips, I think we, we can all agree that he's probably not going to, he's not going to be a top level centre half. It's going to take a lot for him to change, to kind of, to, to get his career to that kind of level at this point. Um, Reese Williams is young enough that any, you know, anything's possible, but it's, it's highly likely that these lads won't be anywhere near Liverpool, you know, in, in, in the years to come. But, but, when some a young centre half like Rhys Williams, he's got he's got the the physical attributes required. You know, he's a big lad. He's good over a few yards and pace wise and what have you. Um, this could be an opportunity where, look, yes, maybe maybe he goes on and makes himself the next great Liverpool centre half. But realistically, we're asking him to just be a good option. And what I'm hoping is that what kind of what Ben says right there is that when Fabinho comes back, it would be nice for us to be able to go. You know what, Fab? We actually don't need you to play centre half because Reese Williams has stepped up sufficiently that we can afford to we can afford to use him him in more games. Yeah, and I suppose from Reese Williams' perspective, that's what he wants. He wants an opportunity. He wants a, a you know an option to kind of prove himself. I think he's he's played spells, and I can't say he's done that, but you know from what I've seen of him, which is very little, you know he seems composed. He seems pretty calm. Um, it's interesting. Sam Walker made a point on I think he said it on two shows yesterday. You know. It's the opportunity for a, young, a youth player. That's what they all want. They just want that chance. And if you compare it to a Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know he got his option because Clown was injured. Now mm-hmm. that might, might that might just be it for Reese Williams. But you might be right. He might just be a stopgap to get someone else. But until you give someone the opportunity, until you try someone, and the difficulty is it's all high pressured. You know every game is must win for Liverpool, and you know there's always got to be a scapegoat or someone to blame or you know. But when he came on 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 Tuesday night. Like, at no point was I worried or concerned, but, you know, when the ball was in his area or when he was on the ball, you know, and that's what, that's the difference of what happened to Dejan Lovren. I think for a lot of Liverpool fans, you know, he had that baggage and you kind of, I think people were waiting for him to kind of make a mistake. Reese Williams needs an opportunity to prove that he can do something. If he doesn't get that chance, then I think it's, it's slightly unfair. And if he doesn't get it now while we've got this, you know, mini crisis we're talking about, then he, he's not going to go and get it. Um, I think yeah. he's also fortunate in the, in the sense of because of the players that are going to be around him. 
It's not like he's getting a chance and he's, he's with other youth players or fringe players. He's with, you know, he's with Trent, he's with Gomez. Hopefully Henderson will, will be in front of him, you know, to give him that extra level of protection, which may mean we have to change our style of play slightly. But that means, you know, bedding someone in and giving someone the confidence and experience going forward, which is what he's got ahead of Cometio. You know, Reece Williams is fit, but he's had those spells of, of experience. Whether it's the Champions League United, what's, that's one more thing out the way, one more thing he doesn't have to worry about. You know, if he makes a Premier League start, then the, that, that decision can be based on what Jurgen Klopp and his coaching staff think. So who am I to say anything different? Do they think he's ready? Then he's ready. Yeah, I mean, the, the other options are just, it's just what's there, isn't it? Ben, there's no kind of, there's no, there's no value in kind of getting upset about it really at this point. You know, it, it, it is what it is. And, and, and I think the, the, what we've got available to us will depend on what else is available to us, you know, in terms of our options. Because look, we might see Jordan Henderson play centre half. We might. We saw it in the, um, Club World Cup against Monterey. I don't, he wasn't very good. Um, but you know, we got, we got, we got through that game. Um, so it's, it, it is a poss- it is a possibility that we might see something like that in, in this game, but that will depend on what the midfield options are available to us. Because I think if Thiago's fit, then that makes that a slightly easier conversation because you're putting a, a world class midfielder back into the midfield, um, and that makes it a little bit more easy to bear. Um, without Fabinho, you know, again, that this is this is the issue with it all, isn't it? It's all a house of cards, and we're kind of we're kind of shuffling our shuffling our deck to keep with the card analogy, um, you know, and, and seeing what we've got available to us. I wouldn't like to see Jordan Henderson. I would prefer to see a young. I'd rather see a young centre back, but. I will know how good these young centre-halves are, because Klopp's got no problem normally throwing kids in. If he doesn't throw them into this game, that kind of tells you maybe just how severely important the game is, but also maybe the quality. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Man City, the Man City game is the worry, because, you know, this this is a game to maybe, you know, you've got Atalanta, I know, in between, but this is probably the game, or maybe Atalanta the game to try and trial something in preparation for Man City. I mean, they'll be looking at it in training as well. I just wanted to sort of ride on the back of one of the points that Ross made there. This is a very big spell for Joe Gomez as well, providing he stays fit. But in the sense of, I was having a chat with, (laughs) I know, I know. Um, I was having a chat with a friend last week and I was like, I wonder if Joe Gomez, in the absence of Van Dijk, gets excited or nervous as in does he get excited the fact that he's now got the opportunity to leave the line or does he does he get nervous by the fact that you know sort of his safety net if you like isn't there and Van Dyke's gone this is a big opportunity now for Gomez if somebody like Reese Williams comes in or Nat Phillips on a more of a you know medium term basis he's got a big opportunity now to be able to lead them through the game just like yeah. he's been led by Van Dyke through the game for you know the best part of three years this is a chance now for him to really, you know, develop the young talent of somebody alongside him and really be that mature figure for somebody else in defence and take take a leaf out of Van Dijk's book. And it's amazing that we're saying that because Joe Gomez himself is only 23, 24. So that, you know, that really says, you know, how far he's come and what a top-level defender he can be. Um, but, you know, this is going to be a key few weeks, I think, for Joe Gomez and whether or not he's going to be, you know, as good as he is or whether he can take an extra step towards Van Dyke's level, if you like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've said this, you know, he's, I think I'm pretty sure he's 23 and it's, this is, this should be his breakout season. You know, if we were, if we were looking to go, if we were looking into the market to buy, uh, you know, a player as we do often, 23 is that, 
sweet spot of where Liverpool go for where you've got enough experience at senior level but you're also not quite you're you're about to start entering your peak years this is the time for Joe Gomez I think he's got to start putting those he's put some really good spells down as a Liverpool player in his time and he's been here you know a surprising amount of time he's, he's suffered a lot with injuries you know what you know but like big injuries big life you know life changing you've got to be a strong character to come back from kind of injuries and 
I play him this weekend, you know, just so he's got some minutes in him, and then obviously rest him, rest him Tuesday, I think it is, and then, then play him Saturday. But uh, what you just said there, a great play him on Saturday, but then is he going to be out for another two, three weeks? That's that's the concern that you've got, and the concerns that we all had, as, as Ben mentioned, going towards the start of the season. It's you know, he's potential there to have him on as a substitute, you know, and then get him half an hour, which is probably the best of both worlds, where, you know, you, you get him on, but obviously, you know, at what, what what risk, as I mentioned before, every game is must win, you know, and then there's going to be, probably including myself, if Matip's there and available, he's the better centre-half over Reese Williams. So that's tough, that's why you think on experience is there, but it's just the risk of risk of him being injured. It's it's a... It's, it's, a, it's, it's a cash 22. No, yeah. It's cash 22 because, you, you're right, the, the, the common logic follows... Ben, that if, you know you, you you need to be played into fitness and form, but we just probably we just don't know with Joel Matip at the moment. I'd love to be able to say because the logic should follow. If Matip is if Matip is available, then maybe you bring him on for the last 15 minutes or whatever. Do what we've been doing with with, with Reese Williams, you know, and bring him on for the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, just to shore the game up at the weekend. Then he's had a couple of minutes. Then you maybe get then you maybe look a, a little bit more, or you then keep him out of the midweek game to start him at the weekend. He's had a little bit, and then you're on the and you're on a run of maybe 10 to 12 games where he plays consistently. <laughs> you know, but 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 we don't, we just we just don't know if he's even capable of that at this point until he proves that he is. He's 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 not. You know, in, in our eyes anyway. I think. And and I mean, the only good thing, the redeeming feature of Joel Matip is that you can drop him into a game and he can perform really well. We've seen that already. You know, we saw that in the Merseyside derby where he's just. Great, you know he, he comes in and he's, fa- he's he's fantastic in that in, in that game. Um, so yeah, I mean we, that is on our side. It's just whether let's just let's just let's talk in hypothetics here. Do you just throw all in on matter just being able to play City in the knowledge that you might lose him for another month, or do you try to build him up to try and get ten games out of him, but know that you might fuck him and he misses Man City. I I think you there's there's probably a middle ground there somewhere. I think you maybe prepare him so that he plays. I I I'd start Reese Williams at the weekend, and what I'd do is I'd have Matip on the bench if he's available, and you know because the chances are, or there's a there's a pot, there's a distinct possibility that Reese Williams has a stinker and he needs to come off at our time. So have him ready for that, and then if Reese Williams is playing okay, leave him on, and then you give him his 20 minutes, 15 minutes towards the end of West Ham. Yeah. Then I'm not sure what you do about midweek because obviously, as Ross said before, we're in quite a strong position in the Champions League group. So is it a game where you need to risk that? I don't know. Alternatively, is it a good, actually a good game to play him in? Because, you know, if you come out with a point there, you're pretty much through. And, you know, he's, he's had some minutes in the legs. Is it a, is it a good game? So it's re- it is really difficult. But obviously, yeah, the, the Man City game is the one. The only other thing is that obviously on the back of the Man City game, you've got an international break. So any niggling thing that I suppose he could pick up again, at least he's got an extra couple of weeks to, to figure out and get himself through. That's the only other thing that I, that I would, you know, say about the situation with him, really. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely an interesting one. The other one, and Ross, you kind of alluded to it earlier. There's 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 talk that Salah's out for this one as well, uh, which is such a shame. He, you know that if if he misses any if he misses anything, he's just been phenomenal. And again, it's another one where it's crossing fingers and toes because I, look, I think I think we've got the ability to cope without Salah for a game or two games if we have to. But again, it's another one. Man City on the horizon. You want Mohamed Salah full fit and, and ready for that game, no matter what. Yeah, I think there's, if there's any risk, I think I'd just, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with Jogo Jota at the minute. Um, you know, whether that means changing things up in, in position wise at the front three. I think the, the ideal if he is fit, I think Bobby Firmino would be the one that I'd swap for Jota. 
Um, and that's not that's not dropping Bobby. That's giving Bobby a rest. Because um, mm-hmm. I just I just think he needs he plays a hell of a lot of minutes. So I think there's you know you've got to be careful how you word these things. You know it's not it's not a slight on Bobby. I think we you know we've got the players there. We've got the capabilities. Jota can come in for Bobby or Salah. You're not changing your style of play. You're not getting frustrated. He's full of confidence. He's getting goals. Um, you know and and Salah's going to need a rest at some point as well. So you know again it's. <laughs> It's damage management, isn't it? You know, you know, he's got a slight niggle. Don't force him into something which is going to leave him out for even longer. And we've all yeah. we've all got one eye on the Man City game. I, I think Atlanta's not a free hit, but I think you know, it's a game we can afford rotation because of the position that we, we put ourselves in. I mean, this is the thing: is that we're, we're suffering major injury worries at the back. We're suffering moderate injury problems in midfield at the moment. In attack, you know, we've been getting away okay, but this is why we've bought additional players. This is why we've been given minutes to Jota, to Minamino, to Shakiri. Um, ben, you know, if Salah's out, there's, there's actually, you know, Jane Shakiri could well just be a natural drop in. Just put him in there. It changes the style of play. But he is a fantastic player, and West Ham's a, West Ham's the kind of game where I would back Jaden Jakiri to shine if he's yeah. available. Well, yeah, that's another thing. But 100%. I mean, you know, it was him and Trent on Tuesday. You know, they were the only players who looked like they could produce something. I think that's what you want out of a player who's going to come in, step potentially step in from Osala. Yeah. The problem with the, the problem is Shakiri is that. I don't think we've ever seen a run of, I mean, it depends what the situation with Salah is, but we've never really seen a run of games with him where, you know, beyond five games in a row, he can play. Well, first of all, he can play, but second of all, he can actually play at the level. I I always feel he's much better, you know, either coming on as as a sub or dropping in the odd game as as a bit of a wild card to change things around. I'm not sure he's built for being a consistent starter in Liverpool's team, but that's obviously why you've got Mo Salah ahead of him. So I think, you know, for as a as a cover, you know, there's definitely worse ones out there. Um, and obviously Jota proving himself, you know, Jota wasn't brilliant on Tuesday, but gets himself a goal. So, you know, that if that they're the type of players you want who are gonna come on and, and cover your front three. Absolutely. Look, I think Diogo Jota is the obvious answer there, and you just move Mane to the right. I mean, I'd rather see Mane on the right than um, Jota because I think I don't think I think Jota struggled the last couple of games when he started on the right hand side. He's definitely looked better. He definitely looks better, more central or from from the left. But I mean, there's, 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 there are options. You know, again, we could, we could we could rest two if we wanted to because again, I, I thought I thought Minamino was poor in, in midweek, but I think he's been he's looked really really good in the option in the in the in the time that he's been given so far, particularly since restart. Um, so yeah, we are blessed with a little bit of a little bit of cover and some options that I don't think any one of us would be particularly upset to see, Ross. No, and it's a, it's a bit of a saving grace the fact that you know we've we've lost Van Dijk, you know, we, and we've lost Savino, but you know we've won three games since then, and we should have we should have won the derby. So you know it's because we've had the players up front to to, to kind of bail us out, and, and Jota is one of those. I think one thing I took from Tuesday was the fact that too many changes can can hinder cohesion. I think that was part of the problem, you know, and that all has a knock-on effect. So, who you pick in defence, if Henderson doesn't play in defence, then, you know, you've got a, a bit more robust, steady, you know, midfield that's played together rather than kind of shoehorning people in just to, because who have you got left? Yeah. Then that has a knock-on effect on who you've got at the front, front three as well. So, if it, it was like, say, if Henderson can play midfield with Thiago and Genie, for example, I think you, you're pretty sound. They've all got minutes under the belt recently. And then, you know, it's not too much change up front if you're just swapping one. Um, but I think if you're swapping one in defence, two in midfield and two up top as well, like, I think you just, you lose that rhythm fluidity that I think Liverpool thrive on the way that Liverpool have to play. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, we uh, normally we, I'd be pushing you for starting 11s, but I think there's too many unknown factors in terms of whoever's left fitness. Yeah, whoever's fit, just put them out <laughs> on the field. That's absolutely fine. Uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the the, the the league at the moment, and obviously we play before Everton this weekend, and you know, for, so for the last couple of years, Ben, this this part of these build-up shows has often been dedicated to Liverpool's biggest rivals. We've talked a lot about Manchester City in these segments of shows, like who are they playing and what does that mean, and could we, do we play? first and can we go above them? Liverpool have the uh, chance to go above Everton um, in the Premier League um, this weekend, which is ma- a mad sentence. The last time we said that was when we, we were like seventh and eighth in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is another nice little motivation for this. I think Liverpool, who've had a tricky start, one of a, you know, a poor start in the eyes of a lot of like pseudo-neutral pundits, um, you know, to potentially go back to the top of the pile uh, by the end, by you know, by the by Saturday evening would be a very nice thing indeed. And it's a little tester for Everton as well to test their mentality. Newcastle for them is a game they should be winning, but again, much like West Ham for us, that's another massive potential banana peel for them. I mean, totally, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's potentially an even madder statement that, you know, this is an opportunity to, for Liverpool to put some daylight between ourselves and Aston Villa in third. I think that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's even more of a weird concept. But yeah, look, that's, that's the state of the league at the moment, isn't it? You know, it's a bit, it's a bit mad. And while I still think, even with all of our injuries, I think Liverpool are the best team in the league. Um, obviously, we're seeing the effect of no fans in stadiums and how that can throw up mad results. And, you know, at the moment, we're on this super, super long, unbeaten run at Anfield. You know, that that could come to an end at some point because of the fact that we're not there to influence results as we normally are, as, as we have been for the last three years. And it's only further motivation for the, for the team and Klopp, you know, every time they go out, particularly at home, you know, for that reason, it's, a, you know, we've got to be on it today. There are no gimmies. There are no buys in the Premier League. You know, West Ham are a team who we should be beating. They've got some good players, but they should be beating. You know, but they can give us a game. They gave Arsenal a game. They battered Wolves. They battered Leicester. So it's it's a really difficult one. Whereas you know, with Everton, you know, I mean, they they've never been up this high. I'm sure the you know the air's getting pretty thin for them. But you know, it's one of them where away at Newcastle, you know, it's a team they should be beating. So if the two teams can stay neck and neck for as long as possible, I think that's good for the league. But obviously for us, we just want to get you know a nice little gap built up it's- as soon as we possibly can. Yeah, it's a funny situation. It's got all the hallmarks of, a, of Liverpool either scraping a win versus West Ham and people going, oh, it's not really, not not great. Liverpool really starting to struggle, etc., etc. And then Everton losing to Newcastle and it's seeming like a magnificent result. Or worst case of that is we draw and Everton get an Everton and then get beat. But yeah, I mean, these are two really, really tough games and it will be it just I just. I'm kind of interested to see how they psychologically I'd like to put it on their toes, Ross, because I don't think Everton are handling the world very well at the moment and their fans seem to be, you know, they've, they've, they've picked up their pitchforks quite quite handily in the last week or two, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. Some of them some of them more legitimate than others, but yeah, I, um, I would quite like, you know, this, I'm enjoying all the, you know, granddad tell me about the great days of us being, of winning our first four games of the season, that kind of stuff. I let those, let those memes rain down upon us if Liverpool go above them this weekend. Yeah, the DVDs will be out for Christmas, won't they? The, um, <laughs> it's, it's a real test of squad depth, and, you know, and, and for all sides, in, in this case, you know, I mentioned before about other teams getting injuries, and in Everton's case, it's suspensions, um, but, you know, have they got you know, 
if you look at Everton's games and the teams that they played, and it's no disrespect, but you know, they obviously they played West Ham, they played West Brom, they played Brighton, whereas Liverpool played Leeds, Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, a derby in there, and we've come out of it relatively unscathed. It's testing to see how they'll cope with their, you know, they're going to have to rely on the likes of Sigurdsson, which wasn't too good for them last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in midfield when they're picking up injuries and suspension. So, and the mentality behind it as well. You know, I think Ben Ben's right there. You know, I'm, pre-derby, I was happy for you know Everton fans. You know, to have a, you know to to enjoying football. You know, from a fans' perspective, not not from a Liverpool fans' perspective. But you know, that's what football's about. You should enjoy it. But it's interesting to see how they handle pressure. Um, and maintaining something at the top because you know Ben Ben joked about it, but that's something that they're not used to. You know they haven't done that for well, probably not in, probably not in my lifetime. If I'm being honest, but you know it's it, it's massive. And we've seen it with Liverpool before. You know and you know Liverpool bottling leagues and stuff like that. Or, you know can't wait to say that about Everton in a couple of weeks' time when they inevitably go behind. But it's 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 real. You know there there is pressure there. There's, there's pressure on Ancelotti to to kind of perform, and you know all eyes are on Everton to, to kind of do that. They're probably getting media hysteria like they've never had before because of you know it's a, it's a story it's a, you know it's a it's an agenda for the likes of sky sports to say you know here's this underdog team that is, can you know, they do a leicester yeah exactly exactly and that, that's what it is but they, you know the players won't have experienced that anywhere that they've been in you know and played before and schlotty will have so that's where he comes in handy where he's you know he's he's, he's been there yeah. and done it he can, he can relay that onto his players but whether yeah. it comes to fruition is a different thing yeah, no, and look, fine. I'm again. I've said this all along. I'm happy for Everton to be there or thereabouts, but you know, there's an opportunity. I think. I think we're going to get a sense of how the league's going to pan out over the coming months. I think this weekend's weirdly, we not pivotal is a very strong word to use, but I could see this being in years gone by. And I remember that the, the in 2004, 2005, us us trying to finish fourth when Everton finished in the top four, and obviously we were, just went on and won the Champions League instead. Um, but it was that, you know, those opportunities to Liverpool to seize their, their chance and seize the place in the top four, and then they just drop points at a pivotal moment, and whenever Everton would lose, we'd lose as well. Um, and I wonder whether this is just a, we're going to see in the next, I think before this international break, with obviously this game and with Manchester City, and obviously we've got the, the Champions League in between, I think there's a real opportunity for Liverpool to really cement this start, of, this start of the campaign. If we can somehow, you know, if we're sat at the international break with Leicester on the horizon, with, with, Another six points in the Premier League, and you know, and nine in total in the Champions League. The season's well within our within our grasp. Um, but yeah, again, it it shouldn't. We shouldn't be taking our eyes off the prize. And at the moment, we've got to make sure we get through this weekend. This is an interesting comment here um, as we're doing this live on YouTube um, from Kate Gabriel. So Liverpool are seemingly to only win with scraping wins nowadays. Would love to see Liverpool really well and take a win because at the minute I'm not convinced. I, I think this is the kind of world we're going to have to get used to at the moment. Is I can't see a, a, a well where Liverpool put a massive win down in the coming weeks. If we do, we do. But I, I don't think, you know, I don't think we're going to see a well where Liverpool just go and steamroller teams. I think we're all going to have to buckle in and, and prepare because, you know, we, the squad is very, very bare at the moment in terms of particularly defensively. Liverpool might have to adapt a little bit of this style, stylistically in order to cope with all that kind of stuff. And I think we all need to, you know, get back to this well where wins are amazing. It doesn't matter how they look. It doesn't matter how those wins make you feel throughout the 90, uh, provided you get over the line in the end anyway. Uh, right, let's have some score predictions. Uh, ben Kelly, what do you think it's going to be? I think it's going to be 2-0 to Liverpool. Nice. Ross? 1-0. Scrape up a 1-0. Just win. Uh, Just win. Yeah. Just win. Uh, 
just it's too, it's that time of the year. It's two one for me. It's it, you know getting back into the swing of of just managing to find ways to to get through. And look, fingers crossed for us anyway. You know, at the, at the moment it looks like Michael Antonio won't be available for this two games back to back. He's gone off. He's got a history of hamstring injuries. Um, I hope he's fit and available to play every other game of the season. But he's got five and eight against us, so I would very much like him to not be involved in this game of football because it will make things loads more difficult. Um, let me know your score predictions in the comments section underneath if you're listening to this on a uh, podcast apps do leave us a five star review that kind of stuff always helps of course um Loads more content to come from us. That preview with Nikki from West Ham Fan TV, which will hopefully leave you all smiling. Because uh, the left Chris Creased uh, is going out Friday morning, so check that out on the YouTube channel. Uh, we've also got a range of anniversary merchandise. We've been on YouTube for ten years. Ten years, yeah. I've aged terribly, um, but uh, yeah, we've got a range to celebrate. Ross has got the mugs right there. They're looking absolutely splendid, and there's um, there's t-shirts and there's hoodies and the sweatshirts as well. Uh, you can have a little look at what that's all about. It all helps to support the channel. But I'll give you some great Christmas gifts as well. Uh, thank you, guys. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be back with a live watch-along this weekend from about quarter past five for the game. Hope to see you there. ta